Hi, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Pathway Church. Somebody give the Lord a great big hand clap. Really thankful for him today. Thankful for you. Thankful for you and thankful for all that the Lord's doing here at Pathway Church. And to all of our campuses today, we just tell you that we love you so much. And I I love you, praying for you. We have some wonderful friends that are facing some challenges today, as is the case at all points at Pathway. And I I just know a couple things. I know that God is faithful. He is faithful and he is good and he is strong. I'm really glad that we have a God who's not just sympathetic towards our situation, but he can do something about it. Amen. Somebody, one more time, let's bless the Lord for that truth today. Amen. Um, Before we jump into the message, I did not do this in the first service, but a bunch of people asked me in the between services because last week I was sharing about some of my personal drama. You remember the squirrels? Let me just get this out of the way. I'll get in the message, I promise. Uh, went to Tractor Supply and bought them out of all of the squirrelinators and chipmunkinators. It's the most amazing traps that have ever been created in all of humanity. I whooped them squirrels all up and down my house, and I have reclaimed my home. I'm again the king of my castle. And uh, I went full Caddyshack, and I'm now working on the yard and all the neighbor's yards. It's my goal to vanquish all of... A squirrel and a rat, there's no difference. A squirrel is a rat with good PR. That's all it is. And so I just want to say thanks to the Lord for that. All right. Hey, bow your heads with me. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your grace today and that you're here and at work in us. Lord, I pray that you would continue to give us victory. And Father, you would continue to do your work in us. Help us to grow and mature in you. And I pray that you administer to the folks today as uh, they have needed it, Lord, and, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to continue our Pursue Message series. Some of Paul's final words to Timothy, some instruction he gave, some things he wanted him to pursue. Uh, last week we gave kind of a big picture on that. Today there's one particular thing that I want you to pursue, that is for you to pursue perseverance. Say that with me today. Pursue perseverance. Now, come on, bring a little something to it. Pursue perseverance. Did I ever tell you about the time that I got mugged across the street from the police station? I tell you, I'm going to tell you again, Carl, don't shake your head so much. I knew that. I'm just going to do it again. Um, I was 16 years old going to my friend's house. I had to ride my bike. I was 15 had to ride my bicycle uh, through downtown and then across the other side, and we'd go hang out. We'd run around until it was dark, and then I'd go back home. And so I get down by the police station, and I'm like straddling my bike, holding onto the handlebars, and a guy comes up and decides that he wants a bike. And he was bigger than me, and I just kind of did the math. And then I looked, I saw the police station. He's going to whoop me, but the police station was right there. And so I gave him the best that I have. Now, I'm not encouraging anybody to fight. Be a lover. Don't be a fighter. But that day, I kept my bicycle. <laughs> and here's what I realized, that I didn't have to be the 
biggest man on that street corner. I didn't have to win that fight. I just had to hold on long enough for the police to get there. How many of you know that we don't have to win every battle, but we do have to hang on. We have to hang on. And uh, boy, that day was awesome. You know, in Florida, you have a lot of retirees, people wearing plaid shorts, flip-flops and black dress socks pulled up about halfway up their leg. And a little 80-year-old man got off a three-wheel bicycle and decided to help me out. And he was just kicking that guy with everything that he had. And I made it. The police came out. And let me tell you, I won. I won. I won. I won the fight. And um, that may be your situation today, that you were in a fight for your life. And it comes in all kinds of different forms. You know, for some people uh, wrestle with depression, some people with self-worth, uh, some people with an addiction, a bondage, can't, not sure if God's word is true for, it might be true for everybody, but not for me. I don't, I don't know what it is that you're battling in your walk. How many of you love Jesus today? Let me just ask that question. You love Jesus, but you have to battle. And here, here's what I know. There are gonna be some great victory. There's some healing. We're praying for healing for people today. Uh, we're praying for a relationship. Some, some of you are looking to get married. How many single people are in the room? Go ahead and raise your hand. Please take note. Just look around. Just go ahead and look around. You know, having victory isn't always finding your soulmate. Sometimes the victory is just surviving the losers, the uh, pretenders and contenders that are coming around. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to win on every single play, but today you got to survive. And this is what the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. Paul says, uh, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. He was talking about some other believers that were in the church and describing some of the challenges that they were facing. If you read the first part of chapter 6, you'll see about the sin that was in the church, the challenges that were in the church. Some people say, well, I don't go to church because there's a lot of hypocrites there. That's the nature of the church. The only person in the church that's not hypocritical is Jesus. He's integrity. He's true 100% of the time. It's right. If you go to church hoping not to be disappointed, you're looking in the wrong places. Put your eyes on Jesus. All the rest of us, we're on our way pursuing him. Is that true? Now encourage one another. Get better. Stop sinning. Pathway Church, stop sinning. Trust Jesus. But... Um, Paul was saying, hey, now there's people in the church, though. They, they aren't just having some challenges. They have denied the truth of God's word, and they are living according to their flesh. Paul says, but you, Timothy, you are different. You're different. Pathway Church, you're not just any church. You're not just anybody. You're, you are somebody. You've been called by God. You are, you are unique. You're not like any other church. We don't have to be like any other church. We just got to be the best church that God has called us to be. Is that a good word? Because I can't, I can't do life and ministry like anybody else does, and, and you can't either. The best thing you can do is to be the believer God has called you and equipped you to be. But I know one thing is that we're different. As believers, we're different. Timothy, you're a man of God, but you're a man of God. So run from all these evil things. And then he says, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love. And then say this next one with me, perseverance. Come on, really good. Perseverance and gentleness. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 
12. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I travel a decent amount. When I travel, I hate to check bags. I just don't like it. It's terrible. When you really need your baggage the most, they lose your luggage. And then, but worse, you know, more, more typical is you have to walk through an airport, you're carrying all this stuff, and then when you're done, you got to go pick up your stuff, and then you're, you get an Uber or somebody picks you up. you got to just carrying a lot of stuff. Paul is telling Timothy, lose all the baggage. What I like to do is I just like to have one carry-on. Just one carry-on. Usually one carry-on, then my backpack slides right on it. I walk in, never check anything. goes up for Christmas. I got a new suitcase. It's a little small carry-on suitcase, and then there's this little flap that goes out. My computer goes in. I've eliminated my backpack. Now it's just one bag. It's so easy, so simple. You know what? When I go on a two-day trip, you know what I do? I carry just my backpack. I put my shaving bag in there, a little change of clothes. I probably wear the same jeans the next day. I'll probably wear a sport coat on the plane when I get in the plane. Then I, I hand them my sport coat. They'll hang it up for me. I'm only wearing it because I'm carrying it. I want to carry another bag. And then the next day I show up with my sport coat. I don't carry any stuff. And let me tell you, this life is more simple. Some of you came into this place today with a chuck wagon full of drama and baggage and things you carry. You go on a camping trip with five Samsonite suitcases. This is the craziest thing. Paul says, Timothy, lay aside all of these things so that you can persevere. Some of you can't persevere because of all the stuff you're carrying. You're carrying your past. You're carrying what people have said about you. You're carrying your expectations for yourself. You're carrying your expectations for others. You're trying to control all kinds of conditions that you have no businesses trying to control. Paul is saying, Timothy, if you're going to persevere, if you're going to finish, you need to run and travel light. He says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in in the place of honor beside God's throne. And I need endurance in my life. Actually, yesterday, I think about yesterday, um, Courtney and I were hunting this week, and she got her first deer. So that's pretty cool, right? I put blood all over her face, and, you know, it was awesome. And and she shot this deer, and it was, like, in the mud, and... And my buddy that was with us, he's like, here, I'll, 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 I'll help carry it. And I'm like, no, we'll carry it. You know, this, this is her first deer. This is part of the process, you know. And that sounded good in that moment. But when I had like nine pounds of mud on each boot and I'm dragging that thing and I sound like a smoker the way that I'm breathing, I'm dying over there. And my buddy's like, Pastor, you going to be all right? And I'm like, shut up, leave me alone. You know, let me, let me be a dad for a second, you know. And I'm going about halfway down. It, it, I'm, I'm thinking, why did I ever do this? Why did I say, I didn't, nobody said, but now that I said it, I have to finish or I'm a loser. You know, I, I'm trying to be the man here and I just wanted to quit. And I was so thankful when, you know, Courtney said, well, I need to regrip. I was like, oh yeah, you probably need to regrip. I'm like, 
Praise the Lord. You gotta, we gotta finish. We gotta finish. We gotta, we gotta keep, keep on moving. I was keeping my eyes on the truck, right? Paul says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, you better not quit. And, and I want you to know that Jesus didn't quit. And because Jesus didn't quit, he now sits at the right hand of the Father. And if you won't quit, you'll be there with Jesus. And I just really needed to get here and tell some people today, don't quit. Don't quit. I mean, really don't quit. The truth, I could say it a different way. I could say, I want you to fail. I could say, I want you to fail at quitting. I want you to fail at giving up. Some of you have that in your nature. You start something difficult, and when it gets difficult, you quit. When someone disappoints you, you quit. It's just the easy way out. You know what? It feels really good. When somebody disappoints you, you say, you know what? I want to be with you anyway. I never liked your attitude in the first place. You know, Aesop has a fable, the, the, the fox and the grapes. Have you read that where the fox sees the grapes and he's jumping up trying to reach them? And, and when he can't reach them, then he looked up at the grapes and he says, well, those grapes were sour anyway. And so many of us will esteem something and we want it. We want that relationship with the Lord. We want a good marriage. We want a good business. We want a good life. There are things that we want. We want our children to grow up and know Jesus. But when something doesn't go our way, we'll say, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. Listen, there are some things that are meant to be, but it's gonna require you not quitting when things get really difficult. But pastor, I just really want a relationship with the Lord like that person or a a marriage like that person. Listen, it doesn't just happen. You have to start and then you have to not quit. And, And Paul says, well, you're no better than Jesus. And if Jesus had to face these things and endure the shame of the cross, then why can't you endure the shame of the potential of failure? or of disappointment. You know what, I just wanna go on the record and say, I'm open to being disappointed. I'm done trying to protect myself from people who let me down. You know, it's okay, it's okay to let me down. You know, for whatever reason, over the course of our life, Kelly and I have given uh, dining room tables to people that have needed them and have given cars to people that needed them. And at times it feels like the very people that we're generous to are the very people that hurt us the most. And you know what, the temptation is to say, well, I'm gonna stop being generous. I'm gonna stop giving things to people. You know what, I'm not gonna do that. I just decided. If you want, listen, think about what happens when you do that. When you say, I'm gonna insulate myself from disappointment. I'm not gonna put myself in a position where I can be hurt. Then what you've done is you've decided not to engage the world with the love of Christ because of fear of your own pain. You know, how big a deal is our own pain after all? What's a little disappointment? Is it really worth missing out on your destiny with the Lord? Why can't we just say, you know, it's all right. I've disappointed people and people are gonna disappoint me, but there's one person I don't wanna disappoint and that's Jesus. So I'm gonna be faithful to my calling and I'm gonna continue to go after him. 
And I think that what happens when the church and the body of Christ does that and we love our neighbor, even when our neighbor says all manner of evil against us, you know what, I think God is gonna be glorified. So I'd say, I want you to fail at quitting. And so to persevere, you really have to give up on giving up. You have to fail at giving up. And I don't know that there's a greater pursuit in life than for us to pursue persistence. For some people, life, it just seems like it comes easy. Have you noticed? Is there anybody that on your ball team, you're like the second best player or you're, you're like you barely make the starting team? You know, or you don't score the highest test grades, but you really apply yourself. Let me tell you, there is value. There's great value in that. Because in that struggle and in that hustle of working really hard to be okay at some things that people don't have to work hard at being amazing, there is something that develops in you that oftentimes, because you don't quit, you end up outpacing people in the long run because it's not always, see, your gift makes a place for you, but it's your character that's formed in the perseverance that really keeps you there. And we don't have to be the best, but we do have to be faithful. We have to be faithful and we have to persevere. Let, let, me, let me just tell you right now, I don't want you to quit. But if you do, as much as I love you, I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna keep going after Jesus even if you choose not to go after Jesus. I want you to say the same thing about your family, about your friends, that there's nothing in this world that you want more than your relationship with Jesus and there's no one on earth that's gonna cause you to quit on your relationship with the Lord. Is that a good word today? Can we just let the Lord know that we're committed to the journey? And let me give you nine reasons here why people give up and you may be able to put yourself in these shoes. Number one, some people expect quick success. They expect quick, quick success. Like you come to Christ and you just expect all of your challenges to go away. They're not gonna go away. It's usually not quick. Well, pastor, it's not fair that that person is just experiencing so much favor and their business is blessed. It's like everything they do. It's just, they were like an overnight success. That's typically not what's happened. Typically what has happened is someone has worked at that business and sacrificed in, in, in private, in, in secret. They're not broadcasting all their drama. They're not on Facebook with all their drama. And then the first time you notice them is when they've succeeded. And you think they just came out of nowhere, but that's not what happened. They pursued and they persisted and they quit. You know, a lot of people think that uh, success, it's, it's like success, it's two, two-way street. It's like there's, there's one, option A, victory, and option B, failure. That's not how it is. It's not you get one or the other. If you get victory, you also get failure. There are a lot of failures on the way to victory. Listen, in your relationship with the Lord, it's not just gonna be easy, but if you will endure, if you will be not weary in well-doing, then in due season you will reap if you don't faint. We've got some prayer warriors in the Pathway Church family. But I promise you, people are not born prayer warriors. They're not born mature. There, there's, some develop, there's some great fathers and mothers in the church. There's some great sons and daughters in the church. You know what? But it requires a commitment from us to go through some real challenges. 
In, in like 1999 or 2000, I talked 14 of my friends from college to move with me from Tennessee to Chicago to start a church. And Kelly and I went there with nothing, no jobs, nothing. And then we got all these people there, which was a lot of hard work to talk people into doing something like that. And then once I got there, I thought, now what, I'm gonna, what am I gonna do? And I thought, I'm gonna embarrass myself. Um, things aren't gonna work out. I had all of these different thoughts. And what was happening is I was coming face to face with reality that the really great things in life that you're pursuing are, it's just hard work. And, and so we, we put ourselves in a bad place if we expect quick success. People give up for that. People also give up because they're hung up on, our past, on their past. Do you have a past? I have a past. You know, my speech is shaped by the people I grew up around and the people that I hang out with. And I see the world through a filter that nobody else has. Am I describing, you You know, there's nobody in here that sees the world like somebody else. And, you know, my past, it shapes me. The times I've been disappointed, it causes me to guard myself in particular ways, you know. But people will quit because they'll quit because of their past. People will also be fixated on their failures. All they can see is the challenges, the the second guessing, the hand wringing, because something didn't work out in the past. They take one instance and they codify that as a law. Like this, these are things that are always trying to happen to you. And, and I'm telling you, if you will expect failure, if you'll expect disappointment, then you know, you really you rob God, you rob yourself from God's blessing on your life. Listen, I'm telling you, God wants to do good things in your life. You're loved. God is not fake. And when he gave his son, he loved you. He was intentional with you. How many failures have we experienced in our life because we expected those things? And then we created self-fulfilling prophecies so that when things didn't go like we wanted to, we said, see, bad things always happen to me. Let me tell you, here's what I believe, that God is for us. He is not against us. Does that mean that we aren't gonna face challenges? No, we're gonna face challenges. But in the middle of the challenge, God is for us, amen? Somebody needs to just go ahead and bless God because that is true. A lot of people quit because they fear their future. They're just afraid of the unknown, afraid of what might happen next. Some people are quit because they're defined by their own flaws. I would just warn parents here to be careful how you speak about your children. Is your child quiet? I'd encourage you to say, don't say, well, my child is shy. Don't define them by a characteristic that they have at one point in their life. It's like you hang a plaque around their neck that this is who they're going to be. I am not defined by my flaws, by my personality quirks. I'm bigger than that. In, in fact, I'm not, a, I'm not a page, I'm a whole book. I'm not a picture, I'm a movie. You know what, we're in process and in development and don't you dare fixate on one chapter of your book. Did you have a failure? Did you have a sickness? Did you have a, a marriage that fall, fell apart? Did you get fired for something that you did wrong? That is not who you are. God is not finished with your story. But a lot of us will camp out on those difficulties and we'll say, this is who I am. 
but that is not who you are. You are victorious. You are mighty in Christ. You are more than a conqueror. And just because you lost a battle doesn't mean that God's finished with you. You, there, you are not at a place where it's too late. As long, as long as you are living and breathing, God is at work in your life. Some people quit because they're more afraid of their failure than their potential for victory. Let, let me just ask you this, though. What's the big deal about failure? What is the big deal? So something didn't work out. I mean, really, do you expect to go through life with things going perfectly? Or is God writing a story? Um, my kids would say, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> and when you risk something, when you, you're risking a relationship, I, I don't know if I want to talk. Have, have any of you ever been in a restaurant and you felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to talk to your server? Or you need to give your server an extra tip. You need to ask your server, is there something I can pray for you about? And you're going, yeah, but pastor, I don't talk like that. I, I, I know that's part of the problem. What if, what if because you're afraid of feeling awkward, you say nothing. And this person who is going through something misses out on a blessing because you were afraid of failure more than you were victory. You know what happens mostly? when you put yourself out there like that for a stranger, mostly they're appreciative. Mostly they say, thank you. I've had people catch me in the parking lot to come out and cry. They're crying. They don't know I'm a pastor. Come out and say, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for praying with me. But for whatever reason, we're a f- we won't risk God doing something in our life because we're afraid of somehow checking off the wrong box. Some people quit. Some people give up because they're afraid to lose what's familiar. Hanging around the same friends, experiencing the same bondage, the same dysfunction, and you're afraid to step out because what you're stepping out of is familiar and what you're stepping into is unfamiliar. Who cares about familiarity if God is wanting to bring you out of something and into something? And God wants to do a a new work in your life. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Pastor, I want that, but it sounds so scary. It just sounds scary. It's not scary. Did you know that everything God gives you, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father? What relationship are you missing out on right now because of the relationship that you are in? Some of you are dating because you feel like you need to date. You feel like you need to be with somebody. It's better to be lonely and all by yourself than be familiar with the wrong person. Someone may be occupying a seat. Listen, you might have settled for a hamburger, but there is a filet out there somewhere. And you know what, they, they, may be, they may be saying, you know what, they, they, don't, they don't need me. They, they're, not interested in, they're not interested in me. And, and you're, you're, not even, you're not even available. Listen, go through life lonely rather than being with someone that's going to distract you from God's purpose for your life. 
Some people quit because they think in terms of impossibility and not possibility. And then finally, I wanna just kind of bring this thing to a close here. Some people quit because they think that they're not deserving of good things. And that's where I wanna agree with you today. None of us deserves anything good from God, but we have been invited. Don't give up. Don't quit pursuing your relationship with the Lord. But the Lord wants to do good things in your life. He wants to do a good work in your life. I want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. Paul is telling Timothy at the end of his life what God has done. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. I'm going to pause there for a second. Because a lot of this message and a lot of what we esteem has to do with success. We celebrate success. But let me tell you what God has called you to. He has called you to be faithful. To be faithful. Paul says, I'm tired. I'm weary. His body was broken. He had been beaten. He had been left for dead. He had been shipwrecked. All kinds of things had happened to Paul. He had been imprisoned. I don't know what he looked like at that point in his life. Now, he was an esteemed academic. He was a leader. He was a, he was a priest. He was respected. And then he turned into some kind of road warrior, apostle, starting churches all over, getting thrown out of cities. It's pretty incredible. You know what I know him of? of I know of him as the second most influential, productive person in the New Testament, second only to Jesus, but he was more well-traveled than Jesus. He had visited Asia, he had visited Europe, he had been all over. He had, things people talked about because they read it, Paul experienced it, he was there. He stood at Areopagus in Athens. He referred to the unknown God. He said, over my shoulder at this place, there's an unknown God. Let me tell you, his name is Jesus. He, he, this guy, he was a Renaissance man. He, could, he was in business. He was a tent maker. He paid for the privilege of doing ministry. And then he also worked off, solely off of ministry. He knew some of the most wealthy people in coastal cities all over the world. Lydia opened the door for him at Philippi and helped establish the church. Uh, in Ephesus, you should see the... Today, even the floors of the kinds of homes that he lived in, you can still see these beautiful glass marble tile. He, he stayed in humble places, prisons, where, prison cells where he couldn't even stretch his whole body out. People had to lower food into him. And he also stood before the most powerful. And you know what he says? He says, I have remained, I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Is that describe anyone today? You're saying, Pastor, I want to be found faithful. I want to see Jesus. I want to experience Jesus. I want to hear him say, well done. Is that you today? You know, we say, well, that's great. That's the apostle Paul. He's extraordinary. I mean, there's, there's no one like him. I mean, we have schools in our own community named after this guy, St. Paul's. You know, you know how many... You know how many St. Paul schools and churches and hospitals there are around the world? They're like in every town. Why? Because he was that great. But the apostle Paul says, this is not just for me. This is for you if you will persevere. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. We'll close. You guys go ahead and stand up, please. here at Philippi, writing a letter to the church of Philippi. When Paul went into this city, he met Lydia, a business leader. He met a Roman centurion and he he met a demon-possessed girl. And that formed the first three members of the church there at Philippi. And so Paul is saying, the Lord's done all these things. And then he says this, he says to these people, which that's a broad cross-section of people, right? a business leader, a government official, and a little girl with major problems. That's a broad spectrum. So I assume he's talking to all of us too. And this is what he says about you. Hang on, before I say that, has anyone experienced disappointment? Brokenhearted, failure. Some of us have said, I just don't want to try another time because my heart just cannot handle the letdown. Paul says, oh no. He says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Man, you know, Paul's saying that, but I mean, you don't know my past. You, you don't know what I've been through. Listen, listen, this great apostle, he was a butcher. He was a terrorist. He was, he was one of the greatest men and simultaneously he persecuted Christians to the point that when Jesus appeared to him, he said, Saul, why do you persecute me? Paul, as a young man, held the cloaks of the butchers who killed Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Stephen, as he was being killed, looked up and saw Jesus. Paul was there for that. And he chased Christians all over. The church was so persecuted. And this man who God redeemed and he used to advance the church all over the place. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like we're all qualified to be used by God. That's encouraged. I am encouraged today. I am encouraged today that this room is full of people that are ready to change the world. But here's the thing. You cannot quit and change the world. 
You cannot quit and bless your family. You cannot quit and bring the joy of the Lord to your community. You can't love your neighbor as yourself if you quit because you're disappointed. You quit because you're depressed. If you quit because of a diagnosis. Look, you hang in there, you don't quit. Don't be weary in well-doing. Instead, stand and see God work. But pastor, it's so difficult, it's so difficult. I don't have any more energy. I don't have any more emotion. I can't cry another tear. You just stand right where you are. After having done all that you can do, don't quit, stand. And when we do everything that we can do, then God will do everything that we cannot do. And it breaks my heart to know that there are people in here that in your past, you have come to that place where you can't do anything else. And instead of standing, you said, I've had enough. I can't deal with these kids. I can't deal with these people. And you quit. You're not gonna quit this time. You're gonna stand. Listen, that place is the breeding ground for the miraculous. Because when you're out of resources, God says, okay, it's time for me to get up off my throne and I'm going to go and help. I'm gonna go and minister. I'm gonna go strengthen. Man, is there anybody that's like that today? You're saying, God, I'm in that place right now. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Some of you are already raising your hand. I, I see that. I, I know this happening at our, at our campuses right now. Here's, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Look around, keep your hand up. Look around, look around. And if you see someone with their hand raised, that place is an altar. You go and put a hand on their shoulder. I want you to pray for them. Don't be afraid. Remember, don't be... Pastor, what will they think? What did I just say? Don't quit. Go ahead, step over there. And the power of God, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is residing in you. You speak and you minister over people right now. So we're going to the Lord today. Father, we thank you for your grace and your strength in this house that you're moving and you're you're shaping and you're shaking. You're reorganizing people's lives. Lord, even our spiritual DNA, we're gonna go from timidity to power. Father, we have a sound mind and self-discipline. We're not afraid. We're mighty and strong in you. And Father, as I see people moving across the room, going and connecting, God, I'm praying that you will do the remarkable today, the amazing today. Father, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters that are on the verge of quitting. They're so tired, so tired. Father, I pray not only that you would meet them, but I pray that they would take those things that so easily beset them, they'd strip off those weights so that they can run with endurance. They are not responsible for what someone else is doing. They're not responsible for how someone else is living their life. They're not responsible for what someone else has done. Father, they're responsible for their relationship with you. Help them to run that race in a way that they will finish. We are the very elect of God. We are persevering saints. And we know that we are elect if we persevere. If we don't quit, we know. And Father, we pray that you would do that really good, strong in us. Just as you're praying right now, you say, Pastor, I, in order for me to persevere, it means I have to start and I want to start a relationship with the Lord today. You're not in relationship with Jesus today. You know, if he was to come today, you would not be ready, but you want to confess Jesus as Lord. You want to confess your sins to him and you want to be made right. If that's you, just right where you are, slip up your hand really quickly. I just want to pray for you right where you are. Go ahead and slip that hand up. Amen. Amen. At all of our campuses, God will. You know what, do this, just wait. If that was it, no one's looking around. If you're making that decision, wave your hand so I can see who's, amen, God bless you. That's very helpful, thank you, God bless you. I can see that, God bless you. Amen, thank you, I see that back there. God bless you, thank you for that. 
Thank you. In the nine o'clock service today, I saw someone just kind of just uh, lift up a pointer. I said, it looks like a trembling of faith. And I watched that hand get stronger today. Is, is that anyone today? You say, I'm, I'm believing that God is gonna work in my life. If that's you, amen. Father, do that good work today. Father, heal and forgive, transform, save. Father, for my friends who are becoming my brothers and sisters right now, they're, they're placing their trust in you. They're seeking you for forgiveness and they're repenting of their sins. Father, I pray that they would be made right with you and they would start this thing that they're called not to quit and they would persevere until the time that you call us home. Father, we love you. We bless you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.